I have to talk about the prophetic. Ooh, tough, tough study here, but uh, I'm ready for it. I've been studying all week about this. So let's get into the Scripture. And here's the first thing I want to tell you. I don't know if Luke's ready for the first Scripture. Acts 17, 10, and 11 what I want you to do, and this is what any pastor would tell you to do, you are not to do something just because I said to. You understand what I'm saying? Prophetic people will prophesy something and people will build their life around because it, it's the word of the Lord. Well, it may or may not be. You better do what the Bereans did. So I want you to look at that scripture, either in your Bible or if he has it up there. Here's what the Bereans did. And every believer needs to be a Berean. It says this in verse 10 of Acts 17. When the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. So they went right where people needed Jesus. The most religious people of the day, that's a good field to go into. So they went right in there to present the good news that you don't have to keep the whole law. You can just have your sins forgiven through the blood of Jesus. So they did that. Here's, and it described the Berean believers. It said, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. In that, they received the word with all readiness and search. Here's the part you need to do. Search the scriptures how often? daily to find out whether these things were so or not. It is not my job to tell you how to live your life. It's your, your relationship with you. My job is to point you to heaven. And if I've done my job right, you can have as vibrant a relationship with Jesus as anybody you admire. Think of the most admired Christian that you look up to. Sometimes we look up to him and think, I'll never be like them. And that we kind of discount it from the beginning. But if a pastor has done their job right, we should see a, our influence, if you will, multiplied in your walk with Jesus. But you're not supposed to do stuff just because I said so. You're supposed to do stuff because you get into the Scripture yourself. You go before a holy God and say, Jesus, I know you've got a wonderful plan for me. Could you begin to help me do what Pastor Keith is saying? That is my job prophetically as one called to prophetic pastoral ministry. My job is to help get you higher in him. If I've done my job well, you will follow him better. So you be a Berean as you begin to investigate what's going on. The prophetic is one of the fivefold ministry gifts. It's one of them. The office of prophet is one of the gifts. So that means it's very important to God or else he would not have put it in the body. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, good. I just didn't know if I was going to get stones or anything. So I'm just, I was ready. I was going to catch. If anybody threw at me, I was going to catch. I'm, I'm a baseball player, so I can catch good. <laughs> good, y'all are laughing. I love it. So... That is that it means if it's in God's agenda, it should be in our agenda to honor the gifting. Okay? So don't throw out the baby with the bath water. Well, the prophets may have missed it. They may or may not have. I, I think the jury's still out a little bit. 
Because I still think there's some corruption going to be exposed. I still believe that word. But is it my job to make it happen? It is not. But we've been putting these prophets in a place where they feel like they've got to make it happen. And it's caused a great concern in the body of Christ. And you've got great debate on, should we, should we do something with the prophetic one way or the other? I'm, I'm telling you to embrace the prophetic in a way that in, empowers you to be all he's called you to be. That's my job as a prophetic person. Let's look at another point about the prophetic. Second Peter 1, 19 and 21 in your Bible, if you want to find it there. This is the scripture that God put on my heart when I was praying in to this uh, encouraging word. And it tells what a prophetic word is supposed to be. Look at, look at what it says there. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. Look at what it's asking you to do with the prophetic word that you may have received. How many have received a prophetic word? Okay, that you have something valuable God's put in your toolkit. And you're not to despise it. I'm going to get to that later. You are to take heed to, as to light that shines in a dark place. God told a prophet to, to say, stand up and gave you a word. Why did he do that? To totally confuse you? Why did he give you a prophetic word? He wanted you to be, confir to be confirming things that you probably already knew. That God wanted to do or would, would do. That's what the prophetic's purpose is. My job is to confirm things that God's already put in your heart. Or to give you insight on some new things he wants to do that you've never thought of before. I remember when this first happened to me. And I was told that I would be used in this type of ministry. I looked at the prophetic. I looked at my mild nature and thought... Aren't prophetic people supposed to be wild-eyed and all that kind, right? I didn't fit that, but God still put it in me. And then he started showing me that I've had this gift from a, a young, young person. I told this earlier in the Bible, say, I would look at people and see three things they could do to make their life better. And I got bitter about it. They could, can't they see it? What is the problem here? It is so obvious what they should do. Can't everybody, goodness gracious, if they would just do what I think is right, their life would be better. That's what happened. And then the Lord showed me that's prophetic insight. When he showed me that, I turned it around. And when I'd get those impressions, I'd go and say, hey, the Lord's telling me if you'll do this, this, and this, these three things are going to happen for you. Isn't that encouraging? And here's what they, I told the Bible study. I said, they go, you know, just this morning... I was praying that if someone walked up to me and said this, this, and this, it would confirm God's listening to my heart. That has happened so many times, you'll be amazed. I mean, it happens so much now, I go, God, you're so good. Because I hear that all the time when I declare the word of the Lord. They'll say that is confirming of something God's already told me. That's what the prophetic's supposed to do. It's supposed to be the heavenly cheerleader that says you're on the right path. Isn't that good? Isn't that what God wants the prophetic to be? 
Or does he want to deliberately confuse us? No, he doesn't. He wants to encourage us, edify, and exhort us. So that's what it's a confirming word. Uh, NIV says it's a completely reliable. Think that through. It's a completely reliable word. New American Standard calls it more sure word God gives to you. That means you can hang your hat on it and go to the bank with it. If you've given a word directly from the throne room, you can run with it and you will know it'll be successful or make you successful. Look at verse 20. This is also true about uh, the word of the Lord. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation. Has that been going on? I think th this word that so-and-so had means this is going to happen. Was that our job? That is not our job. Our job is to, to confirm it with signs following and agree with it, but too many people have been deciding what the word meant and what's going to happen next and what's going to be exposed and all this business. That's, we, we, we weren't supposed to do that. I, when I give a word, I'm very careful. I try to be. Every once in a while, I'll give some kind of a parameter. Maybe in the next two or three years, you're going to see an increase in something. I don't believe in setting dates personally. Some have done it. That, that's going to be debated. Should they have put a date on something? That's what's creating the problem. I think it's better, personally, to just have a general encouraging word and not put specific dates. That, to me, is causing most of the problem. But it's not of private interpretation. It's not my job to interpret it. In fact, when I give you a word, a lot of people say, well, do you think that means this is going to happen? That's not my job to decide that. Whose job is that? That's his job. My job is to obey. Like I said, this is funny. Y'all love this. I told my fourth graders I was a prophet, and their first answer was, what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> and I go, uh, it doesn't work. Well, what about next week? Well, only when God falls on me. I'm, well, we just want to know what's coming next. Well, just hang in there, and if he gives me something, I'll tell you, but that's not, not the way it works. So it's not private interpretation. It's not the churches or the non-church is giving us a hard time, too. It's not our job to figure it out. Too often... God's timetable is not our timetable. That's one, one situation that's going on now. We want it now, and God may have it a year from now, two years from now. I have a good friend that was told that she would go to a certain country as a missionary when she was a certain age. It happened 14 years later. You think that's possible? That God could tell them when they're a certain age, and you could, oh, I bet next year I'm going. And it was 14 years later before she went to that mission trip. I've seen that happen many times in the prophetic world. He has given you the word so you have something to war with when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. That's when you can say, but the prophet said it would happen. That's my job is to... Be a vessel, if you will, that encourages you right when you need it. So it's not for private interpretation. For prophecy never, listen to this, came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved 
by the Holy Spirit. Another problem, some people, and this will be debated in the months to come, was any of these wild prophets doing it from their own will? I don't know. I'm not gonna, it's not my job to decide. But I'm saying to you, don't just take lock, stock, and barrel what any prophet says. You've got to do, be a Berean and say, God, is this really you saying these things? So my point is, if prophetic is done right, it will be one that's rightly dividing the Word of God. It will never go against Scripture, and it will give you something to hang your hat on where you can be encouraged when the enemy... Does the enemy try to tell you you're never going to fulfill whatever's been said? Oh, like every day. But you, you go, Angelo will go, but the prophet said this would happen. That's what you do with, you take the word to the, to the enemy and say, I don't care what you're saying, God said something different. And I'm going to be, believe him above what you're telling me. That's what God does with the prophetic. If we do it correctly, Verse 19 that I did not include in my reading says, The morning star will arise in your hearts as you embrace the prophetic word of God over your life. It'll cause joy and hope and excitement to be your portion. And that's what he wants to happen with the prophetic. You're to stand on the word and those words you know that bear witness by the Holy Spirit but do not again make any major decisions based on what a prophet may or may not have said to you. You go to the throne room of heaven to hear what he says. Let's look at a third scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 24. I'm just going to kind of go through it and point out some things to you. I may not read all of them because I know that's long. But let me read, read through it. It says this, starting in verse 12, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor around you, the prophets that may be around you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. Esteem them highly. You should be esteeming highly those that are, have a good reputation. Many of the people I've been watching have, are seasoned prophets that have a, years of a proven reputation. And so I've been evaluating their word. I've been doing the Berean thing, just looking at their word and praying into it and decide, God, what is you, what may not be. I'm, I'm doing that almost daily. But you are to esteem them highly. Be at peace among yourself. Don't let this scenario steal your joy. Let me know what I'm talking about. That's what the enemy wants, right? He wants to steal your joy with the news feed. The prophetic word said this, and the news feed is totally opposite. How many have turned off the news feed? Pretty much have, right? I don't watch it. I just quickly, hey, what's going on? Get back to the word of God, right? That's what we've got to do. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, etc. Move on. Verse 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. But verse 16 was where I want to start. Rejoice always. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let him take the best God has for you and, and put confusion in the middle of it. That's what the enemy's plan right now is, to bring confusion. Did the prophets miss it? I don't know. I'm not going to be the judge. 
not my job to judge it. But I'm going to do verse 17, and I've been doing it. I'm going to keep praying without ceasing. I'm going to keep being an intercessor. Does the enemy want you to get so discouraged you stop praying? Isn't that his plan? If he can get the church to stop praying, then it will stop the move of God that we know is coming. So don't listen to the chatter. Get in the throne room and intercede for his best. In everything, give thanks. When it's looking bad, personally, give thanks. Give thanks no matter how good, bad, or indifferent it looks. Because when you declare the goodness of God in the land of the living, Psalm 27, 13, you have all the promises of God that are yes and amen. So give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verse 19, and in the same time, do not quench the Holy Spirit of God. Don't let, see again, his strategy, let's question prophets. By questioning prophets, you're quenching, and you don't have the, that fellowship with him you should have. Get off the, the gravy train of that and just intercede and enjoy. We love the spirit around here, don't we, Terrence? We love the spirit around here. Amen. That's what we want. We want more of him. And if, but if we all buy into the narrative, we're not going to feel more of him when we walk in here. So quench not the Holy Spirit, but here's the kicker, kicker right here. It's in the scripture. I'm, so, I'm sorry to tell you. It says, do not despise prophecies. It's there, isn't it? Are we supposed to question and despise prophecies? We're supposed to Berean, in a Berean way study it. But, but some people have chosen to despise prophecy and should not be allowed in the church. That's the argument. They're missing a great blessing. Because it says here, don't do that. Do not despise. I bet they had some prophecies they questioned. That's why he wrote this. Don't despise the prophetic word of the Lord, but test all things and hold fast to what you know is God. There is much of the prophetic word out there that I hold fast to because I still believe it. It's the, the date setters that are kind of the ones we're wondering about. But there's some stuff even around the date setter words that, are, that I think are still valid. Okay, so let's not, don't throw it all out. Look at it. The date setting, we'll, we'll deal with that. Look around it though. Was there some other things said that were good? I submit yes, there's many things said that were good. Abstain from every form of evil, and now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, spirit, soul, and body. And that's something we believe around here. Some final thoughts. Isaiah 55, 6 through 12. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near to you. Let the wicked forsake his way. The ones that are out there creating strife, I think some of them are going to get radically saved. I think some Antifa people are going to get radically saved. I, I, I'm, I've told people, I'm from the Jesus movement. We were a rebel, rebellious crowd. We were. We were somewhat the Antifa type back then. We were, we don't like this, we don't like that. You know, we, went, we were kind of very similar. We wouldn't burn things down, though. 
that I we didn't do that, but we were radical. And God got a hold of a bunch of us, and we're in the some of us are in the ministry today. But we were a part of that crowd that wore blue jeans to church, and you weren't supposed to back then. Y'all don't even does anybody know what I'm talking about? Back in the day that you're supposed to have a, a suit and coat and tie to go to church, if you didn't, you weren't supposed to darken the door. That's the way it was. <laughs> should we say, should I do that here? I, I thought we'd get a no over there. <laughs> but that's the way it was. And so we showed up. We knew no, nothing better. And we had our, our blue jeans with holes in them and long hair. This is the 70s. Everybody had long hair. Anybody, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Martha, help me, somebody. <laughs> we all had long hair. All of us had long hair. I had long hair. I'll have to find a picture someday. But we got radically saved, many of us, and, and we turned that same rebellious heart to fire for the kingdom. So I think some Antifa-type people are going to get radically saved. And we're going to see them someday given their testimony of what the Holy Spirit's done. So let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon any of them that may have done some of the most heinous things recently. They can be abundantly pardoned. How many agree with that? If they bow their heart before a holy God. Here's the, here's the truth here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I submit to you, much of the discussion is trying to discern his way. He's not doing it my way. He's not doing it as quickly as I want him to. People wanted things to happen before the election even started. They wanted things to happen right after the election. End of January, there's always a new date. Okay, by this, something will happen. And when he doesn't do it, disappointment enters in. But his thoughts are not our thoughts. He's bigger than this. I remember when I was dealing with this, I was re listening to the news feed and getting concerned about it. And the Lord stopped me and said... Would you stop doing that? I'm about to show out big. Would you just go pastor my people? And the peace of God came all over me. And I said, yep, you're big enough to handle this. I'm going to go take care of your people. And that's what I've been doing ever since. January 6th, when all that stuff happened, I came home from my teaching assignment and was watching the news feed, the wonderful news feed that day. And I'm talking with a friend about it. And, you know, going, God, why did this happen? What's going on? Da, 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 da. And the Lord said, he stopped me again. He said, don't you think I'm bigger than this? And can you, hey, can you question that? Is there any way? <laughs> can, you, can you even you know, argue that? No, I think you're big enough. Yeah. And the peace of God came all over me again. And so I keep going. Whenever the news feed tries to steal my joy, I go back to those two words and say, God, you're about to show out big, and you're big enough to handle this. Do y'all believe he is? Yeah. Because here's the deal. 
there's been a prayer movement for 20 years. Back in the day, somebody could have got away with stuff, and the, no, the church wasn't praying, and they got away with all kinds of stuff. But we have been seeking the throne room and saying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do y'all think he's going to answer our prayer? Amen. He will. So I encourage you to take that as your own heart as well. Final verse, Ephesians 6, 12 through 14. <clears throat> we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, which we believe a lot, of, lot about here, Pastor Bruce, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, we take up the whole armor of God so that we may be able to withstand, now think through what we're going through, be, when you put the armor on, you're going to be able to withstand in the evil day. Are we in evil days? Oh, my goodness. I wasn't supposed to be here. The rapture was supposed to already happen, and I was already in heaven when all this happened. That was the theology again in the 70s. Jesus was going to save us from all this. So when the pandemic hit and I told my family, I wasn't supposed to be here when this happened, I had to realize, wow. We are truly in the end times. And that's kind of the garment I've been putting on since then. There's no way around this now. <laughs> I'm here. And Jesus is coming soon. But it may not be as soon as we want him to. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. We are to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, we're to stand. That's the other word I keep hearing around the prophetic thing. Stand. Stand tall and don't compromise. Don't just fumble your hands and say, well, I guess the prophets did miss it and we're just going to have to live with it. Stand. Stand for God's best to still be done. And the scripture says he will do it. So stand therefore, take, having girded your waist with truth and have put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then it goes to the rest of the armor. That's what I'm encouraging you to do, is do that same thing. Okay, I'm going to do one last thing, and then I'm going to actually prophesy. I've got about four words for people. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I prophesy? Is that all right? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. We just want to go through. Pastor wanted me to go through, if they'll put it up on the board now, Bree. The word of the Lord by the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders for 2021. These are the things that all of them felt would happen this year. Uh, if we, some of them if we don't pray, some of them if we do pray. So I'm going to go through them kind of slowly. If you want to take a picture, that's a good thought. This should be in your prayer journal. This really should be in your prayer journal. All, the intercessory team has a copy of this, and we're going to be praying into it all year. So I want you to be partners with this. So if you want to get up closer to get a picture, you're welcome to do that. Yeah, go up there. Y'all do that. Everybody gets you a good picture, and then I'll start talking. I'm sorry? Okay, yeah. So when everybody gets your picture done, let us know, and then I'm going to have them flip it. And then, Okay, flip it to the second page. There's a second page if y'all want to take a picture again. There's a second page. Okay. Got it? Okay. 
Now go back to the first one and, oh, is everybody done? Hannah, got it? All right. First one, look, look closely some things they felt would happen. Spiritual warfare in the heavenlies and prayer warfare would be a priority. Do we believe in that? Yeah. Come on, get louder than that. Do we believe in that? Yeah. Amen. Good. So that's going to, you're going to need it. There's no playing around anymore. We've got to pray and do, do warfare in the heavenlies. And we f feel at COA that's one of our calling is to help train others how to do warfare. It is a reset year. How many know this, this past year was not very fun, was it? This year is going to be better. I'm just going to step out and prophetically say this definitely is going to be better than last year. Just receive that. Don't get your stones ready. Just receive it, okay? So it's going to reset year, but it could still be bumpy. If we don't pray, we, we can't avoid this next part of it if we pray well. But it is still going to probably be bumpy. There could be some, this could happen. There could be some food shortages. I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no, but there could be civil unrest from the enemy. I do believe corruption in both parties will be exposed even more. Uh, and I believe God will cause all the roots to be, be revealed. I think he is going to do that. It's a body of Christ related. It's a re refining fire that he's... Hemi are different as after last year. I'm the only one. Oh, okay. A few of you are different. Okay. <laughs> he's refined me. The fire of God has changed me. He's touched stuff I didn't want to deal with, but he, he kind of made me deal with it. You prayed for me. Well, thank you. All right. Good. Good. And I prayed for you. Thank you. Okay, good. All right. Okay. He's training us to reign. Can I hear an amen? He's training us to reign. He's, he's causing discipleship that will, uh, in this nation, moving forward, will be a priority. So you're going to, and he already has some. He's, he's helped for years. But discipleship, expect people to come around you that want to grow in Christ. And, you, and your, your job is not to send them to me. Did you know that? You're not supposed to have the pastor do everything. I, what, what a novel thought. You're supposed to help them grow. Wow, how about that? So you start discipling those around you. And if they need further help, you can send them our way. We'll, we'll gladly take them. U.S. persecution, though, Will deepen. I, I, I believe that. The end time scenarios all talk about persecution. The greatest revival the church has ever experienced, I think, has already started. I believe, they say this is the third great awakening. I believe we stepped into it already. There's people getting saved left and right in evangelistic meetings, just like in the 70s when I came to the Lord. It's got the same feel as the Jesus movement. If you saw Sean Foyt, he was wearing the same shirt that they wore in the Jesus movement. Same exact design. There'll be worldwide harvest in part of this, not just in America, and global reorganization moving us toward the end times. Now, page two. Page two. Okay, there we go. Economies will shake. You're going to still watch that happen. U.S. economy could take a dive. Let's pray that it doesn't. That's where your intercession can help. 
the refining, refining fire uh, will occur, will come out of it after the reset, and then will really begin training to reign and see global glory, awakening, and outpouring happen. There'll be suddenlies. How many have waited for something for a long time and suddenly it happened? Yeah. Anybody here? Yeah. I've had that happen so much. I'm waiting, praying, God win, God win, God win. And in his perfect timing, it hits. Boom, there it is. Revival will transform our societies. Every time great revival happens, you know it's revival when stuff happens outside the church, not inside the church building. When people get involved in, in the government, when people close down businesses they should not be running and start a new one, all of that shows you that revival has hit. There'll be souls saved. Many have said a billion people will get saved in this new revival. A billion people, that's what I've heard prophetically. There'll be healing uh, of people, there'll be healing of nations that embrace the, the move of God. The miraculous will be common. I, I, I'm called to the, I'm called to the miraculous. He, people coming in, limping and leaving not. That's going to be common like it was in the... This stuff happened in the 70s. It's going to happen again. And, and this is our word. Everybody ready for this? Spontaneous deliverances will happen regularly. And do you think COA will be in the middle of all that? In Jesus' name, and the ministry of deliverance will grow and increase. Shandai, Shandai, right? Hallelujah. All right, let me move in some, some prophetic ministry, and then I'm going to call up Miss Martha and Terrence and Megan, and we'll do any personal ministry you need. Okay, your name is Juan, right here, if you'll stand up. I, this is, I guess this is being, uh, yeah, this is being recorded, so you'll be able to get it later if you need it. I saw the word weight on you, that God is going to lift a weight off of you. It's like, like you're, you're so carrying it, it's like it was almost too, too heavy to carry, and it's made it hard. You'll try to go forward, and that, carrying that pound, poundage with you has hindered you. And I saw the Holy Spirit removing that weight of uh, stumbling block, whatever it is, you know more than I do, and he's going to so remove it that you'll jump over the mountains and over the hills that have been a, a problem before. I see such a freedom coming on you as you embrace God's work in your life that you'll look back at the old you and say, I, don't, I can't believe I was ever like that. You receive that? In Jesus' name. What is your friend's name? Justin, have, stand up. I've got a word for you. <clears throat> I just got the word hunger, that there's a hunger for God in you that's almost insatiable. And part of you wonders, is God going to fill that? Um, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, what does the Scripture say? You shall be filled. So God wants you to know he's going he's to satisfy that hunger. And you're going to get over and above what you could ask or imagine. So don't limit the God you serve because he wants to give you more than you could even ask of him. So what should you do? You should ask for more. God, I want more of you. I want more of your presence. I want more of your financial increase. I think finances is a need. 
He wants to give you more financially than you ever could imagine, not for you, but so you can help the kingdom of God be better. So expect the more in this year and beyond. And the more you seek it, the more he'll honor his word with signs following. In Jesus' name. Okay, tell me this, your name. What's it? Okay, stand. I, I, I got the word intellect. I got a little input from her, but God, God does want to use your intellect. He wants to exalt you. He wants you to keep sharpening your intellect because he wants to use it. I, I've been told by her you're pretty sharp. That's what she said. <laughs> but I believe it. I, I see that in you. And so take your, and I know you already do this, take your academics seriously because that's going to be a doorway to open up many good things to you. So keep studying to show yourself approved unto God as a workman, not needing to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the Word of God and His purpose in your life. In Jesus' name. All right. Hallelujah. So the, the twins, the twins, stand up. So I understand you're artistic. Again, I, I got a little in help over here, but I just feel like the Lord does want, he gave you that gift for a reason. So you, you, you need to practice it regularly. Once a month for sure. Draw, whatever you like to do, whatever artistic expression you have, keep nurturing that gift, and God will sharpen it more and more and more. To him be the glory. Amen? Amen. You receive that? Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to, that's all I had, so I'm going to call up uh, Terrence and Megan, if they would, Martha, if she would come up, and we want to have any time for personal ministry.